Well, you know what? While I was wrapping my presents, you know, I'm looking at them, and they, there's some gifts. Like, you just put so much energy into, so much creativity. You know, like, I have such a good relationship with my, my husband or my, you know, my kids or whatever. It's like, you put so much into it, and you're anticipating the joy in their faces when they open that gift. And it's kind of like our tithes and our offerings when we come to God. See, He doesn't need our resources. What He wants is our heart. He wants us to be so joyful and excited about what we get to do and how we get to trust Him. In fact, in Proverbs, he says, My son, give me your heart and look on my works with joy. And that's what we get to do. That's, that's the season. It's like giving our heart to God and realizing that what he's going to do is overwhelming and awesome and much needed. And so as we prepare for Christmas, as we give our tithes and our offerings at this time, let's remember that we're doing this because God gave us the best gift. He gave us his son so that we might have relationship with God. And out of that relationship, we get to give God our heart, and we get to bless him. Would you bow your heads? And let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so very much. Thank you for your love and for the gift of your son, Jesus, and for what it means for us, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that through this season and through our tithes and our offerings and what we give to you, that others would know you, that they would be blessed to have a relationship with you, and so, Lord God, would you receive our tithes and our offerings? And would you use it, Lord God, to um, grow and multiply so that others would have the same hope and the joy that we do? We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Christmas is all about kids. And as you can see, I am surrounded by our mini marbles. You guys are so cute. Look at these guys. And they're going to share with you a Christmas message that they've been working hard on. So would you welcome um, our mini marvels as they share with us how Jesus saves.
You know what I love about it is, you know, at an early age when we learn about Jesus Christ, like that sticks with us. And I remember learning about Jesus at an early age, but not fully understanding what that was all about. I just remember Jesus being a good person. That's what I thought he was. And, and then I understood that God loved me. I understood all of that. But then as life took over, I started to stray away. And then I never understood how could God love someone like me because I'm no longer a child that is innocent. I've done some things in my life that is not good. And so I thought God must not like me. But what I understood was when God planted that seed at an early age, he just kept watering it and watering it and watering it. And then at an, at an age of 19, when I accepted him into my life in that kind of way, then I had the understanding at 19 years old, some of them they'll understand at seven, but I, I, I began to understand that it was more than just a fun thing to do. But unless a seed is planted, it will never grow. So thank you for investing in your children, your grandchildren, and in our children here at the church. You know, in this series that we're talking about Christ and this mess uh, that we're in, not just in our personal lives, but even in the world, that God reminds us every year of what he did. That's why we celebrate Christmas. And it's amazing that the world is trying to pull that away, trying to, you know, camouflage it with different names and, and trying to pull away from the spirit of Christmas. The problem with that is, it's, it's, Christmas is not a holiday. Christmas is all about a person. That's how you got the holiday. So even though if there wasn't a holiday, there is still Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's what this series is all about. And we're going to be talking about how Christ came into the mess. So you can take out your bulletin. There are some notes in there. Or with the church app, that'll, uh, that'll help you to follow along. And when we talk about the mess that we get into, sometimes we don't, we don't see the, the mess that we all go through, or if we're in it, we, ju- we just get used to it. And, and maybe you're at a place and you're saying, you know, I don't, I don't see my life as messy. I don't see my life as, you know, anything that is going wrong. My life is great. And that's great because God will always look at our life, not just here today, but he will always look at our life even thereafter, tomorrow and the next. And he's, a, he's an eternal God. So he'll always do what's best for us, not just for this world, but for all eternity. That's why God sent Jesus into this world. And even though we may look at at, at the world or or read the newspaper or or see what's on social media, and we can always pick out things that aren't going well, right? It's very easy to do that. Very easy to look at our government and, and politics and the things that are happening in our own community and see all the negative things that are happening because it's right there in front of our faces, It's easy for us to look at the negative things that are happening in our personal lives, in our very own marriages, in our families, our our workplace. Very easy to do that. And we gravitate towards that because it affects us. It's a real thing that happens. What What God did is he said, there are some things that I must do. And one of the things God saw that he needed to do was to give us a savior because God so loved the world. There are some things that I know I must do. I must take my dishes from the table and put it in the sink. That's just me. I must do that. I'm not going to just leave the dishes on the table. Amen? Parents? Yeah. Or you might be thinking, amen. The children are like, no, my mom or my dad. You know, but those are things that I must do. Another thing that, I, I, that is a must for me is when I'm washing dishes, I must use hot water. I must use hot water. Now, I want to give you five things that maybe 
you might think of as these are some things that you must do. Okay, you don't have to raise your hand or anything. Uh, maybe you might nod your head or something. But these are some things that you must do. Okay, first one. When changing the toilet paper, you must have the paper go over, <laughs> not under. The second thing, when going out in public, you must put on makeup. Some guys are like, nah, I don't wear too much, so maybe just eyeliner. Uh, the third thing, after going to the restroom, you must wash your hands with soap. Let's just move on. Number four, after dinner, you must wash all the dishes, wipe them or dry them, and put them all away. It's a must. It's called Portuguese. <laughs> the fifth one, when coming to church, you must sit in the same seat. <laughs> I watch when you guys come in and someone's in your seat. You're like, oh, this guy is, honey, where are we going to sit? Get like 100 more seats. Yeah, but that's my seat. That's not your. And you even eye them out like, well, what you knew. The seat gave my curves. I like sitting on another chair. We do that, but that, those are things that we just think about. By the way, this is not, you know, reserved seating. You can sit anywhere you want. But those, there are certain things that we must do. And God saw that he, he needed to send us a Savior. Left on our own, we would only end up going backwards. And as busy as this season is, the busier we, we get, it's, it's more like the messier we get. But life is messy. I've been in some messy situations before coming to Jesus. And when I came to know him, then because of that, I was able to at least have some type of strength or wisdom that came from God that was outside of my normal life experiences or education. It's like I needed something else to, to guide me because we can only go so far as human beings. And so what God did is he gave us a savior so that we could follow him. And you might be thinking, well, what, what difference does it make? If I come to know Christ or if I follow him or go to church, what, what difference does it make? Because life is still going to be messy, even with Christ. And sometimes we may have that mentality, but without Jesus Christ, we self-destruct. Yes, with, even with Jesus, we're going to go through life's difficult seasons or life's difficulties. We're going to go through that. But what he does is he gives us wisdom for the time. And he gives us wisdom, even though we may be in a mess. He gave us wisdom for Heidi and I and how to manage our finances better, how to, how to schedule our time together. And what, what, what Heidi and I did is we said, okay, God, what, what do we, where can we be and what kind of environment should we be in then to help us to grow in you? And he says, simple, be in my word and just go to church. I said, yeah, but church is, church is where everybody goes and they all have problems. He says, yeah, you should be there too. And I used to think that church was a place that people would come to, that they're perfect people. And I used to think, but if I go to church, then people are going to think something's wrong with me. And God says, no, 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 that's the devil's idea. My idea of church is my body that supports one another. Yeah, but what if I'm not doing well? No one is. Everyone has, to some degree or another, some things that are happening that I want to help them with. But it only happens as we strengthen one another and as we build each other up. Because even in our own families, 
Don't we go through mess in our own families? Yeah, same thing, even in the church. Then why do I go to church? Because God wants to provide an environment that I can grow in him. Because we're to be here with each other to encourage one another and build each other up. That's why we read the word of God. That's why we present the gospel in this kind of way so that we can grow in our relationship with God. See, we, we can all find strength in Jesus when life is a mess by remembering these three things about Jesus. Here's the first one, if you want to write this in, that Jesus will always wait for me, for you and I, to invite him in. To invite him in. Invite him into what? Invite him into our lives. Invite him into my, my situation. To invite him into my family. To invite him into my work environment. He will always wait for us to invite him in into our thoughts, into our insecurities, our problems. You know, if you're reading the Bible with us, we go through a bookmarker every year. We're going to be in the book of Revelations. In the book of Revelation, in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, it, it reads this. Jesus speaks this. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. In other words, Jesus is saying, I'm, I'll wait. I'll knock at the door of your heart and I'll wait, but I need to be invited in. He's not, gonna, he's not going to break the door down of our heart. He's going, to be, he's going to wait till he's invited and he'll knock. And you'll feel those subtle knocks on the heart. It's like God will touch our hearts. And even though Jesus touches our heart, he'll never break into it. When he knocks on the door of our hearts, let him in. And I know, I know we, we become skeptical because of the things we've been through. Like when I grew up, when people would knock on my door, we would hide, especially if they were talking like religious things. I didn't understand. So they would knock on the door and be, hey, give, give him, hide, shh, shh, everybody hide. And we didn't know where to go. We're like, where do we go? So everybody just scatters and always had one kid. Hey, somebody knocking at the door, shh, get down. Move. Everybody just, and we're like, we can go. You just hide behind the couch and everyone, shh, turn off the TV. I cannot find the remote. Just, just yank the cord. Just yank, shh, he coming, he coming, he coming. Shh, shh. And then the phone would ring. Answer the phone. Don't answer the phone. You're going to give us away. Just everybody be quiet. And they would knock. Hey, Sheldon. Sheldon. They're calling you. They're not, no, no, no. Just, don't give me away. Just everybody, shh, everybody quiet, be quiet. And for a long time, knock on the door. Hey, is anybody home? I'm thinking, no, nobody answering. They would knock a long time. You say, anybody home? You'd even see their shadow going back and forth. And then we'd hear the Manapur man truck coming by and the ice cream truck. We're like, oh, man, we trapped. How are we going to get how we can get out? See, my thought was this. If they, if they teamed up, right, with the food truck, they would have my attention. <laughs> I could say, hey, brother, you like buy Lao Lao? Shoots. Oh, by the way, I want to talk to you about some things. That's brilliant. But I think because of that, my, my mentality was, if Jesus is knocking at the door of my heart, what does he want? That was my thinking. Why, why would I let him in? Like, we, we've become skeptical people because we've dealt with skeptical situations. So when Jesus wants to come in, we don't, we don't know how to deal with that. But he says, no, 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 I'm not coming in to get something from you. I'm coming into your life to give you something. Because what you're trying to do is you're trying to gain life by grabbing more things, but in the end, you still have emptiness. 
And you think you're connecting, but you're not. Therefore, you're empty, and only I can fill that void that is on the inside. And so he knocks patiently, and he waits. The second thing we can understand and remember is that Jesus can bring light into any situation. He can bring light into any situation. That's the amazing thing about the love of God is that when Jesus is in the picture, no matter what kind of darkness we go through, he's able to light it up and light up the room. He can light up our hearts, our thoughts, uh, the vision for our life. He brings clarity and and he helps us to see when we cannot see for ourselves. And we try our very best, but only in the end to, to still come up with zero. He brings healing. He brings hope, forgiveness. He even provides resources and even the wisdom in how to manage our, our, our life better, our families, our, 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 our children, and, and even our finances. He's very good at these things. He knows how to manage life and how to, how to bring life. When Heidi and I were struggling in our early 20s, we were trying to figure out how do, we, how do we get on our own because we were living with her parents. And so we're trying to think of, like, what do we need to do? And we're going to church and we're trying to build our relationship with God. But one thing we, we were noticing is that we were still doing the same things over and over. And God wanted to bring a change in us. He wanted to change the way we were thinking. That's the word repentance. If you ever hear the word repentance, repentance is changing the way you think. And now when I changed the way I thought, now I need to think like how God would think. That's where the wisdom came in. And so when we began to make that shift and, and started to think, okay, God, how, how are you going to redo our situation or how are we going to do these things better? And he brought the wisdom. He brought clarity. And he gave us the strength to persevere through it all, even in our marriage and what God does is he, gave, he gives us his son. In other words, God gave us his very best because he believes in us. And because of that relationship with him, we're able to stay connected to God, stay connected to the, 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 the son of God, and that way we have the power to persevere even through the darkest moments. And we're going to have dark moments. Even as believers, even as people who believe in Jesus Christ, we're going to find some times where we're going to go through some dark moments. It's the testing of our faith. And Jesus says, I can still bring light into the darkness just like when I first saved you. I can still do that. For Heidi and I, when we found ourselves in dark times, especially relationally, even with our hopes, our dreams, even self-worth, we found out that our relationship with, with God was the most important reason that our, our relationship was tough. And because of that, we, what we found out was we were trying to work out our relationship. We were trying to work out our differences. We were trying to work out all of the finances and, 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 and the complexities that come with marriage. And the problem with that was Heidi grew up one way, I grew up one way, so we're trying to bring both of them together, together, but God says, hey, I have a better way. How about you both come to me? And the closer we got to God, the closer we got to each other because every relationship will always come out of our relationship with God. If I'm distant from God, I'll be distant from people. But if I'm close to God, whoever's close to God, I'm close to them. Why? Because he brings us together. 
That's why for Heidi and I, God is first in our marriage. We have to come to him. And if not, then Heidi and I will just go astray and it'll be, well, you need to change it, you need to do this. But we, we, we all have differences. So we needed someone to draw us close to him. And Heidi and I have been together for 33 years, been married for 26. We still have to come to God. Yeah, thank God for that. But if not, because Heidi still needs Jesus. I mean, she, well, we both do, but more her. So as we, as we grow closer to God, I need Jesus now. Uh, but the more we draw closer to God, it's almost like we, we really didn't have to worry about our relationship because God was taking care of that. Our focus was on him. So now we got to support each other rather than to compete. We, we can support each other because we're trying, we're trying our very best so that we can help each other become the very best. And the only way was to keep going towards God. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 16, it tells us that the people living in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has dawned. You know what God did? He gave us Christ in the mess that we go through. It's his light that shines in the darkest places. And you may feel like you've been living in the dark or maybe you're living kind of like that with a, a, the shadow of death. God says, no, a light has dawned and it is Christ. Or maybe you even feel dead on the inside. Jesus can breathe you back to life. He can light up even the darkest mess and change the atmosphere of your life. It's all through his power. But we need to remember that. But Jesus can light up any darkness that we go through, any situation. And then the last thing is that Jesus is always willing, always willing to improve my life for the better. He's always willing. He's always willing to do exceedingly, abundantly, even more than we could possibly ever imagine or dream of. And sometimes we forget about that because we think of God as religion, but God showed us that it was all about relationship. That's why he gave us Jesus Christ. It was to connect back with him through relationship. And this might be good news for some of us, that Jesus is willing to make our lives better. Because that's what you've been sensing. You've been sensing something on the inside. You've been thinking, there's something there. I don't know what it is, but it's like I'm being drawn to, to I want to improve. I want to get better, but I just don't know how to. I don't know where that's coming from. But you sense it, and because of that, God is saying, I, that, that's me. That's my spirit. My spirit is always trying to mold you and shape you into becoming the person I see you to be because God's vision for our life and his ultimate plan is always far greater than the plans that we have for ourselves. So he says, I'm going to set this foundation here, which is, it may be difficult because you've got to go through all the, the, the muck and the mire and the mud and all the mess so that you can have a solid foundation in me because I'm building your life. And the bigger the building, the better the foundation better be. And he says, this is who I see you to be. So you're going to need all of this in order for you to live this. Last week, you know, uh, last week Sunday, after service, I usually play basketball. And uh, it burns off a lot of adrenaline from Sunday morning. And I just, I got to burn that off. But Sunday morning, we get here at around 5.30 uh, to prepare for services. And so we'll get up at around 3 o'clock or four o'clock, some get up earlier than that. So by the time I, I come here and, and we're going on with our services, I don't eat anything because I'm always with people and, and you know, things like that. 
So last week, Sunday, I only ate an acai bowl and a bagel. That's what I had for breakfast. And then we played basketball for three hours. Three hours. Dead tired. Dead tired. Sat down, take off my shoes, relaxing. If my friend didn't say, I challenge you one-on-one. I was like, yeah, let's go. So I put my shoes back on. He's like, oh, I was just joking. I said, you cannot joke about something like that. So we played again for a little while. Heidi was flying in from Oahu. So I needed to meet her at the airport at around 8 o'clock. So by the time we were done, it was around 5.30. So I went down to get another acai bowl. I love acai bowls. And then a, like a Parmesan pretzel uh, bread thingy. So I ate that, drank a lot of water, drank like a, a Gatorade thing. And so I'm feeling good waiting in the parking lot at the airport. And when you're waiting there, there are other people around, and some are on, you know, they're on their cell phones and doing things. Well, I catch a cramp in my leg. So I jump out of my truck. I'm like, okay, okay, cramp coming on, cramp coming on. And as I'm stretching out this leg, the other leg cramps up. I'm like, oh, no, 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 not right now. I'm like trying to grab my water, just drink whatever I can. And then my toes started cramping. My feet just started like clawing, like, like, like one eo, like one pueo, and just, just clawing. And I was like, come on. No, 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 don't, don't cramp now. And so I'm trying to walk around. I'm like, come on, come on, come on, don't cramp, don't cramp. And then my back started cramping, my shoulder blades, my forearms, and my fingers. I'm like, what is this? It was like matrix. So everything started cramping. And then my abs, which I don't know where they are, but something was cramping. And then my whole body just started cramping. It was like an anaconda squeeze. And everything was just squeezing. And I had a hard time breathing. So I'm, I'm trying to breathe. And, and, and I'm trying to exert as much energy as possible to get the cramps out. And so I'm walking like this. And so I'm thinking, all the people in the parking lot looking like, who's this guy? I'm thinking, they're thinking I'm on something. Because I'm like, and I'm walking around. And I'm, and I'm hoping no one recognizes me because it's like, hey, that's the pastor. I post this up on social media. So that was about, a, about a, maybe 20 minute to 30 minute episode of just cramping. And so after it was done, I'm like, oh, 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 this was, wow, and sweating, sweating. It's like giving birth almost, almost, almost. Okay, women, almost. I never say us. So, and I'm, I'm just like so drained. And I'm thinking, okay, oh, that's, it's done. And then about five minutes later, I feel again my legs starting to cramp. I'm like, no, no, no. No, and my whole body once again locks down. This is the first time in my life I've ever cried out to Jesus like that. Like literally, Jesus, help me. And I'm wondering all the people watching, like this guy, Jesus, help me. I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm praying, I'm like, Lord, Jesus. And I didn't make deals because I know that, that don't go well. So I said, Jesus, I, I don't know what it is. So I'm, I'm praying, I'm just like, Jesus, just help me. And then my, my brother-in-law comes because he's going to pick up his wife from the airport. And he sees me, he's like, hey, Sheldon, how you doing? I'm like, I'm not doing good, I'm not doing good. He's like, oh, what's going on? What's, what's happening? I said, my body's cramping up, I can't even breathe. So I'm trying to breathe, and he's asking me questions. I said, just, I don't know what to do. I, just, I gotta walk around, I gotta walk around. So, so I go, you can get ready in your car, you can get ready. He's like, I don't, I don't want to get Let me go check the back. I'm like, hurry up. So I'm, I'm walking around. And he's checking, he has nothing. And I said, go, soda machine over there, look if you get something, get soda machine. 
He goes, he goes, I don't, I don't have change. You get change. I don't want nothing. If I had dollar, I would have got them. So I'm, I'm just everything, sweating and everything. And I'm all locked up. And then I said, you know what? Just, he goes, you want me to call the EMT? They're right across. I said, call them. Just call them. He goes, I don't want my phone. I was like, what kind of help you? So I, I said, I said, get my phone saying, I like, He's like, huh? I said, just go in my car. So he grabs my phone and it's on lock. And I'm like, oh, Apple. So he goes, what is your code? I'm like, oh, just give me fingerprint. Just scan my retina, something, open. So finally my phone opens and he calls his friends and here comes the EMT and all the sirens and I'm like, oh man. So they come out and by then Heidi comes and she's like, hey, what's going on? I was like, don't see this, honey. <laughs> I'm going through some stuff right now, okay? I'm not feeling good. So she, she goes, are you cramping? I'm like, maybe. And I'm just locked up. And so they're trying to give me Gatorade. My sister-in-law comes with Gatorade. I'm like, just give me. I can't even hold the Gatorade. Then I, I just tell them, just call 911. And I'm thinking of the bail, right? How much is it going to cost? I'm like, I cannot determine the cost. I'm going to raise funds if I got to. So the ambulance comes. And they're so calm. So if you're like one of the EMT guys and ambulance, you guys are so good. Firefighters, unbelievable. They come and they say, hey, so do you want to go? I was like, whoa. I cannot get in the gurney. If I go in the gurney, I'm going to lock off. And he says, well, either you're going you're gonna to come with us or if you're going to go home and go in your truck. I said, I cannot go in my truck. I'm going to die. <laughs> Heidi tells him, tell him he cannot play basketball no more. I was like, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. So I asked the guy, I said, what is the worst thing going to happen if I go to the hospital and I cramp up all the way there? He said, you're just going to be in pain. I can't handle that. No more long-term damage. I said, no, no more long-term. I said, okay, I go inside. I said, by the way, uh, we have our Christmas services, 7-9-11, December 30, December 23rd. I was like, yeah, I'm going to invite people to church. That's it's just what it is. So got in the ambulance, and we're going up to the hospital, and my legs just locked up. And the guy in there, his name was, his name, there are two people, Chad and Dave. So Dave and Chad, unbelievable. So Dave is in there, and he says, how do you spare your last name? Oh, at least yes, I am. <laughs> and I said, Dave, you can do me a favor. He's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, should I pull my toes? <laughs> He's like, huh? I said, pull my toes. He's like, oh, okay. So he grabs my toes. I was like, you got to do them hard. Push them to my face. <laughs> so he's pulling it. And then he says, what is your first name? I said, Sheldon. He goes, what is your address? I'm like, you're not going to get that from me. That's too long. <laughs> so he take, we go up to the hospital. They, they get me in there, and, and I'm still kind of locked up. And then the nurse comes over. She goes, okay, so how? Hey, Pastor Sheldon. I was like, hey, what's up? <laughs> so she's like, what is happening? I said, I'm just cramping up. She puts like an IV because the, they did that in the, in the ambulance, so they had an IV. They hooked me up to this one bag, and oh, my goodness, it felt so good. It was warm and tingly, and then I got to relax. And I was like, hey, how much cost for those bags? <laughs> I'm just going to carry that with me when I'm playing basketball with an IV on my arm, and just, I'll just play with that. And then they put me in the room, and they, they would have to ask me questions. So the other nurse comes in. She goes, okay. So she looks at me, and she goes, you look so familiar. Where do you work? It's like, um, Arise Church. <laughs> I said, New, New Hope Church. She goes, oh, 
you're Pastor Sheldon. I was like, maybe, maybe. <laughs> so she said, I got to ask you some questions, some insurance things. And I said, okay, okay. So she goes, you know, do, do you, um, do you uh, drink coffee? Do you drink tea? I said, no. She goes, do you drink alcohol? No. Uh, do you drink any energy drinks, like, you know, Red Bull or, or Monster drinks? I said, no, no. She goes, do you smoke any cigarettes? No. E-cigarettes? No. Pacololo? Like today, no, not, I'm just joking. No, but I don't, I don't. <laughs> just in case if you're new here, no, I don't. So she's asking me all these questions, like Heidi is looking at her like, no, ask him if he eats ice cream and cookies and milk. He'd be like, yes, I do. But everything else, I don't. So she said, okay, that's pretty good. And then she says this, she says, here's, here's what happened. With all that you ate today, you had zero calories for what your body needed in what you were doing. And then she looks at Heidi and she goes, it's like my husband too, typical man. Yeah, I was like, wow, why are you turning this into a man-lady thing? <laughs> but she was right. And, you know, I thought about just the trauma of going through things like that, and it makes sense. Because we need the caloric intake for the caloric output. We need the calories to do what we need to do just for regular life. And it's the same thing with our spirit. Same thing with our life. Like God says, you don't have enough in you for you to live this life that I dreamt of for you. And you're trying to do everything on your own, but you have zero left to do anything great. You're going to need my unlimited power to do the greater things. Otherwise, life will only be a cramp every day. See, when God gave us his one and only son, he saw our potential and he said, this is who I'm making you to be. But you cannot do it alone. You're going to need the sun because you need the power in order for you to live. Otherwise, you'll struggle every single day. In the book of Matthew, a man with leprosy came and knelt before Jesus. And he said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man reached out his hand and touched the man, and Jesus said, I am willing. Be clean, he said, and immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. In other words, Jesus always leaves us better than when we first met him. But we gotta let him in. He's gonna knock. And even though we received him as Lord and Savior, he still knocks. He still waits for us because he sees the greater things. He's going to shine in our lives. He's going, to, he's going to take us from where we were to where we could be, as the Bible says, from glory to glory. And he is always willing. He's always willing to make us better. Always, always, always. And he wants to do that. He's always willing to heal, not just temporarily, but for all of eternity. Romans chapter 8, verse 27 and 28 tells us that now... He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. In other words, the Spirit comes in on our behalf to help us to get better that is according to the will of God. 
And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. It all starts with loving God. And he'll work out all things together according to his purpose, which is way better than our own purpose for our life. It is his purpose, not my purpose. His purpose is so, is so much greater. There was a time in our, our house that we weren't getting like a lot of signal, like with a Wi-Fi service and, uh, you know, things weren't connecting as, as good. So what Heidi and I figured out was our modem and where the internet area was and you have that Wi-Fi signal that comes out, uh, we, 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 it was messy in that area, and there are many wires there. And it's in our cabinet, so we thought, you know what, just maybe check the wiring. So Heidi said, check the wiring, and sure enough, it was just a simple wire that needed to be moved. And then everything was better. The connection was way better. And then Heidi says, you know what, I'm just going to clean up in there a little bit. I said, sure, no problem. The whole day she cleaned up. But not only did she clean up in there, she repainted it redid the whole entire living room and everything after was, it was done. Of course, it looked great, but it only started with just one wire. I'm sure many of us can relate to that. There's one thing, you start cleaning, you clean the entire house. But when it was done, I looked at it and I thought, it's so much better than what it was. Connectivity is so much better. Cleanliness, it just looks so much better. But it all started with just a loose wire. And you know, some of us are here today and we're saying, you know, I, I sometimes feel like that. Like there's clutter around me. There's this not connection with God and sometimes I'm, I don't feel connected with people, my spouse, my family. There's just, just this disconnection and, and it's like God saying, well, let me, just, let me just start with a connection. Just with that, just let me do the wiring. Just something. But you gotta let me in. And the moment we let him in and we say, God, can you just, can you do whatever you need to do? Then he says, you know what I'll do? I'll also repaint, I'll redo, I'll make it so much better than you thought it was going to be. And your connectivity with me will be even that much stronger. That's what it means for Christ to be in the mess. He makes it so much better, so much greater, because it's not a religion. It is a relationship. Would you bow your heads with me as we close in prayer? Lord, we're so grateful that we can stay connected with you. Christmas reminds us, or this season reminds us on what you did for us, that you gave us your one and only son so that we could have eternal life. I'm sure there are some here today that maybe they're, they feel distant from you, God, or whatever the case may be, but... Maybe it's just a simple decision of accepting you into their hearts and you've been knocking on their hearts for a long time and you've been asking to come in and you said if, you, if we open the door that you will come in and dine with us. In other words, you have a relationship with us. You give us the strength that we need every day of our lives so that we can become everything you see us to be. I want to speak to you this morning for those that you have never said yes to Jesus and maybe today God may have orchestrated everything just specifically for you and he's been knocking at your heart and maybe today is your day that God would say, come home. Come to me. You're done trying to figure everything out for yourself. I have the better way. It's the best way. 
I'll give you wisdom beyond your imagination. And if that's you today and you're saying, I want Jesus in my heart, could you just lift a hand real briefly? And you're just saying, I want Jesus. Okay, okay, God sees you right there, back there. God sees you too, right here. Okay, right here. Okay, right here. God sees you too. God sees you back there. Okay, right here. God sees you too, yeah. Yep, he sees your heart. He knows your every thought. Okay, you can put your hands down. As we say this prayer together, it's a prayer of salvation. We can all pray this together. But especially for those who are saying yes to Jesus for the first time, you just include your heart in this. And here's our prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising from the grave to give me eternal life. I trust you. I put my life in your hands. Shine through me. In Jesus' name I pray. And we all said together, amen, amen, amen. Can we just welcome these who said yes to Jesus this morning? What a wonderful decision.